Let's go. Let's get it. They do not know what Sacktown brings. When on the low, that's a Sacktown thing. Right. Talking about us, it's a bounce out thing. Must they forgot we some Sacramento Kings. Whole squad going crazy, yeah, we back with it. Northern Cali going crazy, one sack winning. If you doubted us, then ain't no back spinning. This is real right here, ain't no catfishing. Uh, uh, so tell me what you see now. See now. Coming down the lane off the rebound. Rebound. It's 916 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kings, baby. The Sacramento Kings, baby. Back up. You thought we was going on one verse? Let's go. Oh, no. Back up. Let's go. No. Sack crowd, make sure everyone knows. Let me tell you how this thing really goes. Yeah, we travel deep. Whether we home on the road, we lit. You don't want that smoke with a team of the year. We shaking things over here. Don't doubt. We believe over here. We don't bleed over here. And let me just speak real clear. Only deal with real kings over here. So tell me what you see now. Coming down the lane off the rebound. It's 916 now. Look toward the sky like the beam now. Tell them like the beam, like the That's our man Young Zell right there with the victory anthem like the beam. We welcome you in here on the March 10th, March 10th edition. The Friday, March 10th edition of D Low and KC. I'm Damian Barling. He's Kenny Caraway. Yes, sir. Acknowledge me. And we are so happy that you are here with us on ESPN 1320 on the Odyssey app. If you're listening on 98.5 FM HD2, we appreciate you for being with us. If you're watching on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it may be, welcome in. I just want to say while we're still here, light the beam and all this other yes, stuff. Indeed. It was highly inspired night. Last night at the Kings game, and they had you know these oh, these like dancers, and they yeah. was doing dances, and they was mixing, and they mixed in Young Zell's like the B. I don't even think Young Zell knows this. They mixed in his record into one of the dance routines out there. It was crazy. Yeah. We heard it. And we was like, we That's look, Young Zell. We, <laughs> wait a minute, and you can't rewind it, so right. you're like sitting there. What was that? What was that? Then Zell? they hit it again. Hit it again. Yeah, <laughs> and hey, I I told y'all one day. Some people in that organization were like, yo, who's that? Yeah, yeah. And can yeah. you get me the record? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not the last time we hear Young Zell no. at the Golden One Center. No, no. Oh, but no. what an electric night it was uh, at the arena. Uh, the fans showed out, said to hell with that rainstorm. We ain't sweating that. that. We getting in that arena. They were as loud uh, as they've ever been. And, man, what a – you're going to hear from Mike Brown in a minute. <laughs> I think everybody had a great time last night, except for Mike Brown. Yeah, Mike and Brown wasn't happy. I'm going to have to do a live edit <laughs> as we play that sound because I, I, I want y'all to hear it. You have to hear it. We're going to run like the first because he talked. Like that was like a 13-minute press conference. We'll run. I'm going to try to get the first three minutes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's his opening statement, and then he has a, a quick exchange uh, with Sean Cunningham. But – However you feel about the Sacramento Kings today, Mike Brown did not feel that way last night. Mm. Uh, and I c- can't stress enough how much I love that. Mm. And we'll tell you why. We'll get to Mike Brown, and, 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 and we'll get to why I love so much uh, what he had to say to his team last night. Phone lines are open for you. As always, uh, this is your show, 916-909-1320. Uh, Kings getting a lot of attention right now. Everybody's talking about the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Everybody's writing about the Sacramento Kings, including Chris Herring of SI. Uh, he wrote that 
quote cover story. Yeah. Uh, cover story. Yeah. And, man. and, and, and um, he's going to join us in about 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, Hunter Patterson, right after that. Yep. Of course, Hunter Patterson, uh, our guy uh, of The Athletic, and then his partner, Anthony Slater, right after that. Uh, so we rolling today, and of course, James Hamm will be with us here mm-hmm. uh, in the final hour of the show, so we are talking a ton of Kings basketball. We'll give you an update on Brock Purdy. Sounds like everything went well this morning. He finally had his surgery. Uh, it, it, there was no emergency Tommy John or anything like that's that. That's great to hear. So that's a big thumbs up uh, for 49er fans uh, moving forward, and of course, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers moving forward. Sacramento Kings beat the New York Knicks last night, 122-117, to stay in second place because the uh, Memphis Grizzlies beat the Warriors uh, in Memphis, mm. uh, as I pretty much think everybody knew that they would because the Warriors just cannot win on the road. Uh, so they stay there uh, in second spot uh, tied with the Memphis Grizzlies, their 39th win of the season. Of course, that matches uh, their highest of the last 16 years, uh, the Dave Yeager year. Uh, but here we are, man. Lots of lots of basketball left to be played. Mm. Uh, and just a, a, a quick question before I let you rock. Yeah, you think the Kings can catch Denver? It's a six and a half game difference. I don't think so. Okay. I thought about it too. Now I'm I'm, I'm just gonna ask every I'm, I'm I'm gonna ask everybody. Y'all y'all can raise your hand. Uh, audibly say yes or no. Do you think the Sacramento Kings can catch the Denver Nuggets? Mm. And if the answer is no, I want you to keep in mind that the same amount of games that the Nuggets are up on Sacramento, Sacramento is up on the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. So they technically haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. Mm-hmm. But it would be really hard for them to lose a playoff spot. I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. I ain't afraid of y'all. This Virtually impossible. Yeah, this thing's over as far as like the, the, them being in the top six. Like, they're there. They are there. The next question, I think, for this team yeah. is, are you going to be able to have home court advantage in the first round? Yeah. I think that's the next question. I think they've um, essentially passed the test that's, of being in the top six. Now you got to see, okay, well, you guys going to be That's able two, to, three, and four, right? Two, three, and four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that that's the next thing is, can you guys make sure you have home court advantage all the way throughout? Or, yeah. During the first or, yeah, yeah, during 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 the first round, yeah. shoot, go for having it in the second round too. Yeah. Well, I say all the way through, all the way throughout that would entail Denver, and we yeah, right, no, no, I, I got you. That's <laughs> that's why I said have it through the second round. Um, we're 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 going to talk a lot about the Western Conference today. I had some uh, interesting discussions, including one uh, with Anthony Slater again, who's going to be with us. I had some interesting uh, discussions in too. Okay, I was in there um, fighting for my life. Oh, <laughs> that meteor room. Oh, my. Oh, what happened? I don't even know about this. I had some interesting discussions on the concourse, but we can't talk about those. We can't. We can't. We can't. Hey, yeah. man, well, shout out to my man, John Wallace. Was in John the building Wallace, last yes, night. indeed. Syracuse legend yeah. in the building. Uh, he let us know. He in L.A. today. My man was. So, my man hanging out in L.A. today. Some good, clean, wholesome fun. Shout out John Wallace, man. Syracuse legend was in the building, man. I guess he yeah. worked for the Knicks. So. Yeah. Uh, Knicks radio broadcast, I think. Um, but, no, it wasn't nothing serious. I was just uh, talking about Draymond. And, oh, okay. Yeah. I was fighting for my life. Okay. I think you are a little hard on Draymond, but we'll, we, that's not for yeah. today. That's, 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 that's for I was later. fighting for Russell, Wilson, uh, Russell Westbrook, too. Well, yeah. Well, I, Anthony Slater made a little remark that I was like, <laughs> all right. All right, bro. Like, Kendra Andrew was over there. So I was just like, I'm going to behave because company's here. I'm going to go over here and talk to Sarah. But don't think I didn't hear what you said, Anthony Slater. Um, De'Aaron Fox, bro. De'Aaron Fox might be having one of the most incredible seasons for a Sacramento King in history. Mm. Like, what, what he's doing regularly in the fourth quarter is bordering on ridiculous like that man had 15 points in the fourth quarter that man was sitting Mm. to begin the fourth quarter and step and there was an immediate I think he scored the first like he stepped on the floor touched the ball and scored and there was this you you could feel it from the crowd all right there it is 
Fourth quarter Fox is in here. Yeah. Even the G-Man mentioned it. Fourth quarter Fox is in full effect. <laughs> well, I don't think he worded it like that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and it felt like the game was in his hands until it was over. He has gotten to the point that, I don't know if you remember, I used to always say, like, I want him to be the type of guy that you could just pencil in his 23 to 25. He mm-hmm. could be having a good shooting game, a dreadful shooting game, medium, whatever, hitting threes, getting whatever. But you know, it's 23 to 25. None of this 17 stuff, you know, none of that uh, 19. No, 23 to 25. Mm-hmm. Every single night. If he's cooking, he's going to get 30. And he's there. He didn't play great last night. He was even on a minutes restriction a lot of the time, so he didn't get a. Yeah, was that uh, confirmed? It wasn't confirmed. It was a, it, a guess by myself and Sarah Hodges. Yeah, we noticed it in the first quarter, like, yeah. hey, huh. And then it became really apparent in the second quarter, and I think you were the first one who said maybe he's on a minutes restriction. Yeah, so it, it, it isn't confirmed, but it felt that way. Yeah. And um, his rotation, it wasn't a normal rotation for right, him last night. Right. So even with that, he was still labeled. To, to come away and get, what do you have, 24 last night, 25? I think, he had, I think it was 25. Yeah. Let me let me, let, let me double check. I know he had 15. Uh, he had 23, actually. 23, that's right. wrong. Yeah, he had 23. Still able to come away with 23. Yeah. 9 and 16 from the field. Only took 16 but, shots. But all that mattered was the 15. Yeah. Well, I, I say that to say he, he got 23. He had 15 in the fourth, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't, like, cooking in the first three quarters. Yeah. But come fourth quarter time, yep. he, he understands the assignment. And the assignment is for him to, to lead this team to the promised land, essentially. And he did that last night. He was, he's got – he's about as shifty as anybody in the league. Oh, don't, 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 don't mind that. I'm just pulling up some – I'm just trying to find a Mike Brown sound. Don't mind that. that, that don't um, mind that. The De'Aaron is about as shifty as anybody – is there anybody I'll, I'll get I'll say Kyrie. Is there anybody outside of Kyrie that is more shifty than De'Aaron Fox? No. I mean, he puts people on skates. He crosses people, I said it I a think, couple weeks ago, like Prime Iverson. Everybody want to throw uh Iverson on or John Moran on the whole Iverson comparison. I think De'Aaron Fox plays more like Allen Iverson than anybody else. That man almost hurt Julius Randle last night. Oof. He almost hurt you. Julius Randle ain't missed a game all year. He almost sent that man to the sideline. What about what he did to uh, Josh Hart a couple times? Oh, he did that too. Josh Hart. I think Josh Hart just grabbed two more offensive rebounds since the show started. Um, We'll talk more about De'Aaron. Domas just casually registering a second straight triple-double. Easy work. I've got work is easy work. See, I've got some thoughts on that, too. I've got some thoughts on Domas because I'm looking around and I'm watching some people drool over what that dude in Denver is doing. Mm. And he's phenomenal. Absolutely. He is phenomenal. Sabonis isn't talked about on a national level enough for mm. the things that he does because he does everything at that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, t- I'm telling I think I – th- I said this with De'Aaron. I think there's only one thing that those two are lacking. We'll tell you what that is. We'll run that Mike Brown sound for you. There's a lot to dive into. We want to hear your thoughts uh, on last night's game, on De'Aaron, on the offensive rebound, on Mike Brown. And I think that press conference was really footnoted by something at the beginning and something at the end. Okay. He was talking about De'Aaron and Domas. Mm. Mike's ready. Mm. I think the Kings are ready, too. In mm. a pause moment. From Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> Got that on the way here on Sacramento Sports Leaders. D1KC on ESPN 1320. continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Saying I didn't want to leave the game last night because I was like, yo, this, you know, halftime came to an end. We had a blast at halftime. Oh, halftime came to an end. Yeah. And then we went back over to our little area that we, you know, hang out and it was like I don't want to leave like this this is this I is, thought he was going I thought you was going to stay. Was a vi- well, the lead got cut to got well, I think it got cut to 4. Yeah. And then it was like, "Hey, okay. This ain't going to be on me." <laughs> like I th- I think the OKC game that I stayed for cuz I was the anti Maybacko. I was the mm. anti mm. Olivia who is undefeated uh, in games that mm. she 
attends. I was winless until the Oklahoma City game. So I thought, okay, mm. I'm, I'm good. I've seen the beam. We're mm. all good. Got all been reversed. The curse had been reversed. But Kings were up 20. They were neck and neck and rebounding. Mm. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I know there was like a five offensive rebound possession yeah. in the fourth quarter. In the third, there was an offensive rebound that was like three, but they had a quick turnover. Yeah. And, it was and like then there was like three. two more offensive rebounds. And Kenny, like, yo, this is the longest <laughs> possession in history. For like a minute and 30 seconds. And it got worse in the fourth. I was like, hey, this, this ain't going to be on me. I want to stay. Like, I, I was feeling it. Sprout was taking care of it. Was like, I'm getting out of here because this ain't going to be on me. Mm. I ain't going to be to blame for this one. I'm doing what a good supporter of the team well, does. So well, I we got to thank D-Lo. That's what we got to do. I ain't going to say you don't have to thank d I'm just thinking I thought of, you know, the 18,000 people that were there above myself because I did want to be there. That's a leader. That was a – there was a vibe in that arena last night, and even if that night. game wound up as a twenty-point blowout, I wanted to. The playoffs going to be feel so that. stupid. Oh my goodness, gonna the be playoffs crazy. are going to be stupid. Hey. And, and shout out to Alan Hahn. He got to see the. He got to <laughs> see it. He got to see. He do. He don't want to admit it, but he got to see it last night. Hey, before we get in everything, because it's jam-packed day. Yeah, and we got some things we got to talk about. Yeah, get these bars off. Oh man, these bars off I gotta be honest, man. It's so normal. I, I forget. No, I get it. I get it because I it's like, it. bro, like, yeah, they won again. They won again. This is what they always do. I understand. I'm ready when you're ready. I understand, but you know, we are gonna see this thing out. We are gonna see this thing on out because the Kings took care of the Knicks last night at the Golden One Center on TNT, one twenty two. 117 40. Give me that beat, man. Yo. What's up? Late, late, late. Late, 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 late. Last night. Celebrating that win. You know the vibes, baby. Let's get it. Look. Rain down on me. Shout out SWV. Still got love for Taj Coco and my girl Lee Lee. They say I'm the GOAT and I respect that stance. This summer, two story yacht with my man Dr. Lance. Got love for the Knicks, but don't question my alliances. That's like going to Old Navy, trying to buy some appliances. Makes no sense. Malik cashing out. Light the beam on the Knicks. Them L's, the Kings stay handing out. Whoa. I said light the beam on the Knicks. Them L's, the Kings stay passing out. Whoa. You already know what it is, man. I get yeah. so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah get I can hardly uh-huh. speak. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Takes Let's go. Over me. Let's go. Let's go. D-Lo on the sink and stop playing with him. 916-909-1320. Let's get our man Ross in here. Ross, what's happening? <laughs> A.K.A. Luke Walton. <laughs> Yo, me, I got a group with Mike Brown. I looked at the tape, and that offensive rebounding man was disgusting. So, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you looked at the tape. Yeah. Hey, all jokes aside, man, this team – uh they're playing for real right now, but there's some that they could really do to take us over the top. I'm looking at the uh, home records of these uh, really strong teams. You got Boston that's 28 and nine, Cleveland 28 and seven, uh, Milwaukee's 28 and six, Denver's 30 and five, Memphis is 27 and five. Uh, mm. We're playing this good, and we haven't even figured out how to win on, in our home court. So, uh, man, that's something I'm really looking forward to. When they figure that out, it's going to be really dangerous with this team. Mm. Good stuff, man. Yeah, uh, we appreciate man. you. Yeah, man. This team, they, they, they're starting to get a, a little bit of a vibe and, you know, feel the energy. I think that had a lot to do with the way De'Aaron was reacting in that fourth quarter because it was electric in there. It was electric. And how could you not get swept up in that energy? You dunk. You got to yell because there's 18,000 people yelling. Oh, yeah. So you got to yell. You know what I mean? You talk that talk to the Knicks, all that other stuff. I think I think I, I agree with him, man. There's another level that this team could reach. I agree with him 100%. Yeah, it's an interesting note there. Um, it'd be worth going back and looking at some of the Kings home games where they just kind of fell short. Uh, you can get in on the phone lines, 916-909-1320. I do want to play this for you because I feel like this is a, a big talking point uh, from last night. I'm going to use... You know what? I'm a, let, let, let's check that real quick. Give me, give me one second. I want to, I want to switch these screens. I had Sean Cunningham's 
video pulled up in hopes mm-hmm. that uh, Sean Cunningham had the edited version uh, on 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 his YouTube channel on his uh, Twitter account, but I mean, he didn't. So you, I'm gonna run. You can't say you can't say that on the show, but don't they be saying that on TV now? They do. It's like, I, yo, I'm not even clear. On? Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not what's clear what you're. But I, the, the thing is, I know exactly where it's at. So I'm gonna be quick on the on the live edit. Um, but this was this was Mike Brown. I, I'm I, it, this is gonna run for a couple of minutes because he has something to say. Mm. So this is a nationally televised win last night. This is a team, this is a, a a Sacramento Kings team that just beat a Knicks squad who's also at 39 wins, who leading into last night's game had won nine of their last ten. And, well, here's Coach Mike Brown. Mm. Uh, it's a good win. Our guys found a way to get the win, uh, but we were not good. Uh, I was extremely disappointed in our inability to box out, uh, let alone rebound. Uh, Josh Hart just kicked our ass. He kicked our ass. Nobody put a body on him the entire night. Um, I thought their physicality uh, was great uh, because it made us go one-on-one quite a bit uh, throughout the course of the game and made us take difficult shots. Uh, I thought we didn't get a chance to get out and transition, A, because we couldn't come up with the rebound to get out to run and put pressure on them. So they had us playing a slow, walking up, paced game. And they were the ones that got out in transition. Uh, They outscored us 17. The little edit right there. I would just just take that out. I mean, you could tell I'm a little frustrated. It's a great win. You take wins at this time in the other year, but that's not how we need. To, that's not how we should be playing basketball. What you guys saw tonight. I am not happy with our performance at all, except for the fact that we got the win. Somehow, some way, we have to be better throughout the course of the ball game. I'm going to put pressure on Domas and Foxy. They have to hold themselves to an elite level on every possession, but just as importantly, they got to open their mouths and hold their teammates to a high standard because that ain't going to fly. Give the Knicks a lot of credit. Good ball club. Tibbs has done a heck of a job with them. They're physical. They try to play the game the right way. You feel them throughout the course of the game. We're taking this win, but we got to be better. And it starts with Domas and Foxy. They got to open their mouths and they got to challenge their teammates to perform each possession at an elite level. But they have to do it themselves on both ends of the floor. Have you felt this way after a win before this season, or is no. this kind of a one off? 23 offensive rebounds, again, you're happy for the win, but that does not sit well with me at all. Do you feel that they're receptive to it, especially coming off of a win, emotions of a win, and then to hear a message like that? Do you feel the team is receptive to a message like that? I hope so, because if we don't fix that, we're going to get our behinds kicked come come playoff time. That's when the big boys show up. Leave that right there. Mm-hmm. We'll go back uh, here a little. Mike said one more thing. It's going to be a little bit harder for me to find on that video, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it to you. Um, what do you think of that? Uh, he, everything that he said is is 100 percent correct. It's the right thing to say. Um, he's on it. Um, I do think uh, everybody's making a little too much of last night. Not that last night wasn't bad with the offensive rebounds, but I mean that's. It's an anomaly. Like that's the, well, the Kings don't have a defensive rebounding problem. Last but, night, it was bad. Those things happen. Like sometimes, but it's don't like don't I'm, getting hot. But don't focus on everyone. I just want your perception because you coach too mm-hmm. of what Mike said. Like I ain't worried about what James said or Anthony Slater said or what was written about offensive rebounding. And, and perhaps you're right. It's an anomaly. They're a good defensive rebounding team. It, in fact, we know it is because Will gave us the numbers yesterday. Mm-hmm. That team, the New York Knicks, crush people mm-hmm. when they win the rebound. They won by a wider margin than they did against the Kings in the Garden. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll go over all of the things they did right. I'm just curious your perspective on that message in that moment from Mike to his team. He, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. He's right. That was a good time to do it. A good way to do it. There was a little bit of um, strategic. I, I'm not saying this was what he was trying to do, but it was strategic. You won. Mm-hmm. You had a. Um, I don't want to exaggerate and say once in a lifetime type deal, but it was like astronomical. What happened? That it, it was, was ridiculous. Completely out of the norm. What happened? So you a had, five offensive rebounding possession is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> that that followed, resulted, I think, in a three. Yeah, that that followed a three offensive rebounding possession before, which preceded another three. To so make it worse, it was crazy. I think it was a three with one second left on the shot clock. <laughs> it was just something absurd. It was crazy. So. You know, that was a good time to do that. That was a good time to try and get your message across and say all that. I, I, it's, it's like it's a hard line. I'm trying to explain it. Like what he said he believes, Mike Brown believes, mm-hmm. and he's right. But I also think deep down he knows his team, that's not who his team normally is. My first thought was that's what Mike does privately. Mm. That's not what he does at the podium after games or what he does, you know, for five minutes after practice when he talks to the media. I think those are the conversation he maybe he doesn't have it immediately following the game. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like, hey, there's some things we got to correct. Enjoy this win tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And then that conversation happens this morning. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just were privy to something Mike very regularly does. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't mm-hmm. do it in front of us. Yeah, that That's what stood out to me the most. And well, take that back. That's not what stood out to me the most. That was my first thought. What stood out to me the most is Mike and the rest. This team is preparing for the playoffs. Facts. They're nothing else. It's they're not preparing to hold on to the two seed. They're not preparing to not blow it. They're preparing for a playoff series. Mm-hmm. And he knows games like that can break a series. Mm-hmm. One ball doesn't bounce your way. That. One, you know, lucky thing that you get may not go your way. And now all of a sudden, worst case scenario, series could be over. Mm-hmm. He's trying to eliminate bad habits while this team is performing at a high level. He didn't give that speech after they lost four or five. He did it after they went seven of the last eight. Yeah, and that's that's why I say it's like, um, once again, I don't know if this is the word I'm necessarily looking for, but it's, it's convenient. It's the timing is right. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they had... Like you said, if they lost four or five, I don't think he's saying that. But it's publicly. Right. Yeah. They won, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more digestible. It's something that you can say publicly and get the attention of Fox and Sabonis. And one of the things – and the whole team, essentially. But one of the things about Mike Brown as well that he, he's been great with all year is he understands the pulse of this team. He understands what he can say in the media. He understands that he can call out Keegan Murray for not rebounding. He can call out Kevin Herter for not rebounding. And they're going to take it the correct way. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take it in a negative way. So he can talk about Fox and Sabonis saying, I need them to, to step up and be leaders in this team, the offensive rebound, things that happen. He can say all that because he knows that this team is about winning and they'll stay locked in on the task at hand. So he can get that message across that way. I don't have any problem with what he said, and everything that he said was right. Uh, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Manny first, 916-909-1320. What's happening, Manny? What's up, Manny? What's up? <laughs> so, I, for last night's game, like, everything you just said, I think that was, like, so spot on, Casey. When I first was watching it, some parts of it, like, I got angry. You know, I was like, man, this is ridiculous, man. I mean, how are you going to let them just keep grabbing the ball like that? And I think we got lucky in some instances where, the, where they weren't able to capitalize on a lot of that, and we were able to sustain that lead. But the part with I think this was a, a good teaching moment for him to uh, continue having Fox and Sabonis become better leaders, be more vocal with these guys, right? Because there's going to come times where there are some some bumps in the road, and they have to be those guys. They have to be those guys that turn on the other teammates and get them ready to do what they need to do to take it to that next level. Mm. Got to turn them on, man. Speaking of turning on your teammates, 
let's um <laughs> I mean <laughs> let's let's yeah let's 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 just go ahead let me let me make a quick switch over here to to Sean's page it's but a yeah classic, it got, man it's a classic it's a, I I don't feel so bad about the way that we act uh after seeing uh De'Aaron's <laughs> Reaction. Well, they are younger than us. They are. Well, <laughs> it's a shut up, Kenny. It doesn't matter. Malik, you've seen uh, all season long Fox put up big numbers in the fourth. What do you just make of it as someone who knows him so well to see him kind of shine in that in that type of moment? Uh, I'll be trying to get him going earlier than that. Uh, you know, listen, sometimes, but I, it's Fox, man. I've been, I've been seeing it for almost all my life, man. I, I know what he's going to do. Uh, I know how to uh, say something to get him turned on too. So, uh, whoa! Come on! Whoa! Oh my God! And <laughs> he hit him with a pause at the Jeez. press conference. And, and Fox, what did you when you got obviously when you got going? Obviously, watch Malik. Malik's trying. Uh, you, you were chirping a little bit. You <laughs> even looked like over towards <laughs> their bench. You were able to kind of share what maybe some of the things you were saying. Uh, I was talking to Q when he was on the bench. Even, even Malik is killing me. I'm sorry to do this to the radio. The fourth, this is so uh, funny. You, you were chirping <laughs> a little bit. You even looked like over towards. <laughs> oh man! man. Hit him with that. Whoa! 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 Whoa. Hey! Hilarious. I'll be trying to get him going earlier than that. Uh, you know, listen sometimes, but I, it's Fox, man. I've been I've been seeing it for almost all my life, man. I, I know what he's gonna do. Uh, I know how to uh, say something to get him turned on too. So, uh, Whoa. come on! Whoa. Whoa! Oh my God! That's funny. I don't care how juvenile it is. That's funny. <laughs> oh, he man. hit him with the whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Pause. Malik, what you doing? <laughs> um, One more. Oh, I'm, I'm really I'm really guessing with this one. This is more from Mike Brown last night. Last little clip here. I want you to hear and the three point shooting what the league is now. I think it is. That was the, Matt George. He was asking about defense. League is, you know, right now. Uh, the three-point shooting is off the charts. The skill level is off the charts. The way team space is off the charts. Uh, everybody seems, most teams seem to be playing fast. And so 15-point league can go away like that. And that's why you can't help them. <laughs> you know, that's why all the little things have to matter. They got a map. Like, you got to take that crap personally. You know, you got to want to go hit somebody. You know, that, like, that, that's got to mean something to you because it can go away like that. And that's what I was most disappointed in tonight is there was no sense of urgency when there needed to be that. And we got to change that because we cannot go into the playoffs playing, as, as, as playing the way we did when it comes to physicality. Mike Brown right there. Yeah, man, he's saying all the right things. I mean, and not just saying all the right things. He's right. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's saying it just to say it. Uh, he's right. He's right with everything they say. And your point earlier, and them trying to get prepared for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, uh, that's, that's where they're at right now. They're trying to get themselves ready for the playoffs and doing the little things that it's going to take to win playoff games and potentially win playoff series. Last night, um, I said it to you after the first quarter, and I thought the whole game was true. Last night was a playoff game. That was what the playoffs are going to look like. Sure. You know, and they handled it for the most part. You know, they had a, they had a, a, a hiccups that allowed the Knicks to get back into it. But mm-hmm. I, said, I said after the first quarter, I was like, yo, this is a playoff game. This is what the playoff game looked like. Mm-hmm. They ended up being up by 20 at some point. Yeah. So they were handling it, just being able to stay consistent and follow through and finish off the thing. That's something that they have to they have to learn and, and get used to. But I thought last night was a playoff type game and I thought they responded well. I know like I said, everybody's gonna respond to the, the offensive rebounds and things of that nature. Number one, the Knicks, we mentioned it, Will Z mentioned they're they're a hell of a rebounding team. That's that's one of the things that yep. they do exceptionally well, better yep. than almost anybody in the league. Um so there's that. And then on top of that it was just like that was an anomaly last night. I'm not 
I'm not overly concerned by that. It was ridiculous in the moment. I don't have any concern that that's going to be something that plagues them moving forward, whether Mike Brown said something last night or not. That was just one of them wild nights. Uh, full disclosure, Terrence really wants to hear the part of uh, YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320 if you want to get in the chat house. Terrence really wanted to hear the part of, of Mike talking about yeah, when I speak. So, OK, I think that sounds I think that I wasn't sure how to, I had to switch to James's sound. This is where I heard it. I timed it wrong. Uh, that was me. I do like the sound that we just played of Mike Brown, but that's not actually what I was looking for. I was looking for the King's version of this sound. This is Mike Brown talking about De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, when I speak on Fox, I'm talking about the level he can get to. He's already a great player. He's done things to help us win in the fourth quarter. But he's got a chance to be an, like elite, elite. I, I'm telling you, I've been around him. And that competitive, for those guys, the competitive spirit shows all the time. You, you know what I'm saying? And I, 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 it, it, but it, and it shows at an elite level all the time. You know, he's good enough to go out there and play and, and still be impactful and effective. But it's my job to try to push him to be as great as he can be. And he's not even really scratching the surface of how great he can be. Mm. He's heading in the right direction, but he's still got a ways to go. And when he does, ooh, look out. Look out. That's all I can say. That's what I was looking for. That's what I want your response to. Uh, but I want to get to Daniel first. 916-909-1320. Uh, Daniel, thanks for waiting, man. What's on your mind? Oh, no problem, guys. It's good, it's good to talk to you. Hey, um, uh, hey, uh, Casey, I think uh, 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 Lamar is going to end up with the uh, 49ers. I'm just going to say that right now. So, anyways. Um, <laughs> well, I know you ain't talking to me, Daniel, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I guarantee it. Wow. Okay. Oh, guarantee. Oh, oh, I've heard some stuff. Anyway, hey, um, <laughs> it, you know, it's good to hear the Kings get a lot of play all over the place, you know, you know, uh, 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 here in SAC. But it's good to listen to Bay Area Radio and uh, uh, your boys, Bonte. And uh, they were talking about the Kings this morning. And they said that they watched the Warrior game and they were pissed off and they're angry about the Warriors, how they played. And then they watched the Kings. And a, a, a butcher boy said he watched the Kings and um, uh, 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 he saw the Warriors like, you know, you know, uh, 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 when they were good, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. uh, that's not the way they're playing now. But the Kings are playing fast and they're playing fun and the guys are getting along and the crowd's pumped up. And it's just good to hear that coming from other places, you know. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I, I this will be the theme today when we talk to – actually, I think Chris Herring joins us next. Um, Anthony Slater on the way, Hunter Patterson on the way, James Ham coming up. This isn't a cute story. This is a good basketball team. That's what this is. This is a good basketball team. I really want to hear your thoughts about what Mike said about De'Aaron Fox, uh, and I want to talk further about that. Chris Herring, he wrote the, quote, cover story uh, for SI – uh, about the Sacramento Kings, and we're going to talk to him uh, when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Live on the Odyssey app, live on ESPN 1320, 98.5 FM HD2 as well. You can watch the show on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320 and youtube.com slash ESPN 1320. Tremendous article uh, written in SI uh, by Chris Herring, who's kind enough to join us talking about the Sacramento Kings. And uh, Chris, you were talking during the commercial break about the uh, incredible atmosphere that you were able to experience when you were out here uh, to see the Sacramento Kings. And I know you put the tweet up. You do got to get out here for a playoff game, man, because it, 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 it was an atmosphere last night. I'll do you one better. If you can get out here for the first playoff game, I would be willing to bet all of Kenny's money oh, oh. that that is that it's that's not, that's an yours. environment that you've never been in before. Like that first playoff game after 16 years is going to be something. I I wouldn't doubt that you're wrong. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. Just uh, I mean, they played the Knicks last night. I I covered the Knicks uh, from 2012 to 2016. So my first year on the beat was. Uh, a year where they had been 
um, they hadn't won a playoff series at that point for, I think, 12 years. Uh, and they were the two seed. So it, was, it wasn't completely the same as this, but there were some similarities as far as just like nobody expecting them to, to be as good as they were that year. And the fact that they all of a sudden it's like if enough things played out a certain way, could they make a run at a title? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, either way. It, you know, whether it's New York, I, I had, I might have seen a tweet from yesterday. There were Knicks fans that were like getting angry with me that I was saying how fun Sacramento's environment is. But I, I think the, the commonality between the two is just that uh, it's overdue for certain franchises to have this experience. And I think certainly Sacramento, when you, you have the longest drought in NBA history, it's overdue. The fans get hungrier and, and thirstier for that sort of success. And, uh, it's it's well deserved, and I'm I'm really happy for the Sacramento fans, uh, just like I was happy for the Knicks fans, and you know two years ago when they made it, and we'll be happy for them this year, uh, when it'll be 50 years for them since they won their last title. Man, first of all, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell my man Chris go blue. You know what it is. I'm not an alum, but I'm a supporter from a long ways away. Go blue. You know what I mean? Go blue. We always out here, Damien. We out here. What you want to say? Care. That guy over there, man. He's. He like that team in Ohio. I can't help him. I tried to help him. But he I can't help he, him with that either. He's not, he not listening to me, but it's it's neither here nor there. Um, the, the the story you did on the Kings, I thought it was a great story, by the way. It really painted the picture of what's going on here, you know, with you talking to some of the season ticket holders and them kind of talking to you about how ugly it got last year fan-wise, right? Like the, this is a very supportive fan base obviously like they love the kings or whatever last year was the first year i can remember people like really upset and just kind of done with it all they're like i can't do this no more and to see this turn around you know in in one year at least from that moment to to where we are now um man i thought you painted a picture and talked to the to the right people that kind of showed like where this franchise was in relation to their fan base and how it's got everybody back on board now. Yeah, I just think it was it was bad timing when you consider just like the number of things that even for this franchise went wrong. Um, you know, the, obviously the Lucas situation is one of those things where, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you can't afford to draft someone that's not even going to be on your roster four years later when you're looking at someone that could be an all-time great in the same conference that you don't take. Um, so there's that aspect of it. And then you, you basically, from that point on, you get right into the teeth of the pandemic. You go a couple of years without having your fans in the seats at all. Mm. And then when they come back, you come out of it and, you know, people are going to want to see progress. You have, you have people that are trying to decide whether to put up thousands of dollars a year for a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in a decade and a half. So it was interesting to talk to some of those people. I thought it was really interesting to talk to one of the fans I I spoke to um, who was someone that even after all that decided to buy season tickets, had wanted to do it for a long time, mm-hmm. felt like he'd finally gotten a place financially where he could make it work, and then convinces his wife to kind of go along for the ride. They get two season tickets, and last year was the year they did it. And it's just a frustrating year. It's the year that breaks the record for the the playoff drought. It's a year in which they trade maybe the you know the player that most fans are probably most excited about. And obviously now looking at it, people probably feel differently about how that trade looked. Obviously the national media probably influenced the way some people felt about it, or how strongly they felt about it. Kind of th- that thought that just like, yo, why can't we have nice things? <laughs> is probably how a lot of the last decade and a half has had to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even just that, like why do – the nice things sometimes have to be taken away uh, or threatened to be take, taken away, yeah. whether it's the sale of the team or the team moving if the team is sold or what have you. So it it has been a hard luck franchise. It's been a franchise that sometimes, depending on who's been running it, gets in its own way a lot of the time and makes mistakes. Uh, it's not different than a lot of other franchises in that way. So that's why, again, I'm, I'm happy for the fan base just because uh, it's been a long time coming. It's been a weird year in the sense that there's so much parity and the NBA, but uh, one of the things that's lost when there's a lot of parity, I know the league loves to just have dominant teams uh, kind of run the show in the NBA because it's really good for ratings generally for as much as people swear that they hate dynasties. Uh, But when you get stories like these where teams that have had down times for so long, um, it's been really, really cool to watch Mm -hmm. the Kings. And I I felt like I, I was 
not begging, but uh, on my editors to let me come out as early as November, just because you can see that there was something different about this team, even if they weren't going to be a two seed, that they're going to be really, really fun and really, really different than the way that other teams play. Uh, if for whatever reason you haven't read Chris's article on SI yet um, about the Sacramento Kings, we strongly encourage you to to go see it. It's all over our Twitter accounts this morning. It's been all over uh, most of uh, Kings Twitter's uh, timeline over the course of the last couple of days. If for some reason you've been putting it off, please go read it. It's 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 well worth your time. You did say something there. I'm I'm curious your 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 perspective on. You talked about how fun this team is. What is your thought on this Kings offense? I mean, watching it, and I was saying some of this to you guys off the air, um, that because of the time that I spent covering the Knicks at the Wall Street Journal for about four or five years, um, I follow a lot of their fans on Twitter. A, a lot of them follow me. It's probably half my my following on social media. Um, you know, I've written a book about their 90s teams uh, within the last year, year and a half. Which um, I believe is right over your shoulder, right? Blood, Blood in the Garden. Garden. That's right over yeah, your yeah, shoulder. Yeah. yeah, it's called Blood in the Garden. Um, but one of the reasons I've always made a point to follow fans is to make a point to understand how do they feel? Like, what are they feeling in real time? What do they feel when, you know, a, a Luca, uh, Marvin Bagley situation happens for them to watch the way that they freaked out when they drafted Kristaps Porzingis at a time where, you know, they're just looking at it and they're thinking Frederick Weiss and they're freaking out about that to see it in real time. Um, so it was really interesting to, you know, most fan bases don't watch other teams. And even if they get an opportunity to, it's the once or twice a year that they play against the other team. Uh, the Kings don't play on national TV. So unless a fan has league pass, they're not going to see the Kings basically because of it. It was really eye-opening to watch. I've, I've watched the Kings enough this year. I've, I probably watched them more than anybody else just because of how entertaining they're. It was eye-opening to watch Knicks fans in real time be like, whoa, this Kings offense is like, how do you stop this? Why is Sabonis just getting whatever he wants? And it is a spacing thing. It's a pace thing. It's a screening thing. That offense is legit. It's, uh, I mean, it's funny because it's not like they're doing stuff totally differently than other teams do. They're, they're still more or less looking for stuff at the rim and they're looking for threes, but it's just the personnel that they have to do it. It's the fact that they use handoffs the way they do with Sabonis it's, you know, that with it, it would be like having a quarterback that can go over the top, but also having like a speedster of a running back that when you go shotgun, you just run the ball right up the gut and you've been playing the pass. Mm -hmm. So you've got eight back in coverage and then you run the ball and it's like, well, what do you do mm -hmm. at that point? That's how it must feel to defend this defense because you're so spread out all the time trying to contain Murray, trying to contain Herter, who's going to pull up from 30. Um, and it's going to have 20 point quarters. And then you've got Fox that just can kind of burrow through any hole um, or dribble past anybody like we saw last night. So um, and that doesn't even take into account Sabonis. It doesn't take into account Harrison Barnes and what he can do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a really fun, dynamic offense. And uh, I don't think anybody saw them being this successful, but they leaned in a lot to the handoff stuff. Even Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray did not play in an offense that made use of handoffs in college. And this has been an education for him, but talking to him for the story, I didn't even quote him in it, but uh, he was just talking about how much fun it is to play in this offense and how obviously well he fits in it. I think he has the highest effective field goal percentage in the league of anybody that uh, has two or two and a half handoffs a game or whatever it is for him. Uh, more than Steph Curry, more than Herter, who was leading the league for a while. Uh, for someone that did not play that scheme in college to be at the top of the leaderboard and that as a rookie who's just playing with this group for the first time is, is really intriguing and makes this team really fun to watch on offense. But obviously there are two sides to the ball ball game. So there is that part of it too. And, and one thing I'm so like happy the way you explained it, cause you explained why it's fun for a fan, but what Kenny and I've been talking about for like the last month here at this point is yeah, it might be fun for a fan, but this offense is dangerous. That's what this offense truly is. It's dangerous and it's going to beat you. We, we, we read through all of these different clips of them talking about, oh, they got to get better defensively. They got to get better defensively. We're 65 games into the season, 66. They're not getting better defensively. Their offense no. is going to beat you. <laughs> yeah. That's what it comes down to. The yeah. offense is going to beat you. Yeah. And, I, and, and Chris, I was uh, watching that game, and I was watching with Damian last night. And I, I looked and I said, poor Julius Randle. <laughs> 
Prescott, they had Julius Randle running all over the place, chasing Kevin Herter on dribble handoffs. And, you know, he was working his little butt off, you know what I mean? Like, he was putting in the effort. That's not a knock on him. But I know he probably is like, you know, I, this isn't what I normally do on the defensive end is chase these I guards I thought Mitchell around. Robinson was going to throw up. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell <laughs> Robinson was just <laughs> gassed. And he was hunched <laughs> over on the sideline. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, and it, it kind of spoke to the stress that this offense seems to put on on teams, um, especially if you're not, like, used to seeing them. Like, the Knicks seen them one time before. Fox didn't play. But if you're not used to it, I mean, it, it could take a while to get used to and trying to figure some things out. Yeah, and, and I mean, honestly, it's kind of, I would say, from, like, the end of that Jordan era to uh, now, for the most part, generally speaking, when you've talked about up-tempo teams – They've been teams from the West. Now, sometimes it's been because you've got a Denver that pre-Jokic era, they had an incentive to run because they've got the altitude and they just can wear you out mm-hmm. running up and down because they're kind of used to it and the Eastern Conference teams aren't. They only play there once a year. And and to that point, the Knicks, I want to say up until maybe last year or the year before that, I think they just recently broke that stretch of uh, – They'd had so many consecutive losses in Utah for like 15 years. I want to say they hadn't beaten Denver in Denver up until a couple of years ago. Uh, so obviously, you know, the, the the quality of those teams has, has been more consistent than what has been in Sacramento. Or maybe it's been consistent in Sacramento over the years, but not in the, in the, in a positive sense. So that streak was not alive that way, but I've watched them have their struggles against Sacramento at times too, just because, they play at a certain pace, and it's different than an Eastern Conference pace. It's uh, it's not always grinded out in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. I'm sorry, it's not always grinded out in the Western Conference. And so um, it's a different – it's a more wide-open game, and Sacramento is as wide open as it gets. So it, it, it will be interesting because of that from the standpoint of they've got to get better on defense, they've got to get better on defense. You can win a lot of regular season games that way. I'm, I'm quite curious to see who they draw in the first round and – what that looks like because I you know I, I think that the, the defensive concerns are are fair to have because it we're not used to seeing teams that give up 175 points in a game uh, win a playoff series let's just be honest it, you know it, it, it's it's worth watching and worth wondering about because we're not used to seeing teams give up six offensive rebounds or whatever it was on that possession yesterday yeah. uh, you know it's, it's 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 a team that has flaws it's very clear that they have flaws but they also have such an explosive offense to where if they won a round, maybe even two, depending on who they drew in the second round, like it wouldn't be the craziest thing. But also, regardless of whether you think their defense needs work or not, I think most people do, it's not common to watch a team potentially lock down a number two seed and not expect them to win a round or two. So that's what's really kind of strange about the situation too, is that people have just kind of assumed that they're going to fall out of one of those spots, but like, who's going to take them out of that spot at this, mm. at this point, job is going to miss more time in Memphis, maybe even beyond these four games that they've talked about. Uh, Phoenix isn't going to get Durant back for a few weeks. Mm. Uh, the warriors are kind of a mystery still, just as far as their inability to win on the road. Um, there's a lot going on, man. Like it's it, it's very feasible that the Kings, even with a tougher rec, uh, tougher uh, schedule in the second half of the year, it's it's very plausible that they could finish in the top two or three. And uh, we we keep hearing about how teams would love to draw them because of the inexperience and because of the lack of defense. But it, you know, I I still don't think anybody's like looking forward to playing against that offense. I really don't. 